Welcome to Big Facts No Cap, the only show that's number one with Chet Hanks and our black queen, Ashley Banks. Let's get into it. Big Facts No Cap Big Facts No Cap No Cap Big Facts No Cap Big Facts No Cap No Cap Big Facts No Cap No cap. Looking good today. Hey, good connection. Good, uh, no delay. Um, nice. Feeling good. Looks like you guys are having some nice weather over there. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty all right. The days are lasting longer. <laughs> well, so that's enough weather talk. <laughs> it, it's, it's light out while we're recording. Yeah, that is so boring. So, Adrian, how do you feel about white people? Can't live with them. Can't live without them. You know what I mean, buddy? <laughs> yeah, we, we, we talk about whiteness a lot, uh, jokingly on the podcast, but we're finally tackling the issue. We're direct to the heart of the issue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whiteness is over. So for people who know Adrian, but don't know me, I'm a, I'm actually blight skinned. I'm a, I'm a white POC, as they say. So I, mm. uh, you know, barely count. And Adrian is a nice mocha. He's a nice, I'm nice a milky cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Although I do think it's funny that people don't realize that Arabs are mostly whiter than they imagine in their heads. It's funny when Americans are just imagining Indian people when they think of Arabs. No, 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 no. They're thinking about that that one woman from that Time magazine cover with the really bright green eyes and the uh, darker skin where they were like, whoa, I didn't even think they could do that. That's crazy. <laughs> I didn't know they made it in that call. <laughs> I didn't know they did that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I like your skin tone, Adrian. I don't know if uh, we're getting That's into problematic, problematic territory here. <laughs> uh, it changes, I think I it changes a lot based on the weather and my sun exposure. I like that you look like you could be from any part of the world. I think you could convincingly tell people you're from a lot of places and most people would be like, yeah, I guess so. That's like one of the few good stand-up jokes that I have. Wait, you think I could tell them that I'm from like Japan? Okay, you're right. You, you can pull off. Uh, I, you could pull off Philippines. I think you could pull off Philippines. Yeah, yeah, I like Filipinos, you know, they're they're Asian, but they're not cocky about it. <laughs> um, I think you could pull off most of uh, South Asia. I feel like you could pull off a lot of Northern Africa. Um, I, definitely I could... all the Pacific Islands. All and... the Pacific Islands, yes. Yeah, all of them, other than Japan, I guess, does that count as a Pacific Island? <laughs> I don't think that they're usually grouping them in there. Uh... Um as most ethically ambiguous stand-ups talk about, I really use it as a superpower, you know, to like drift in between scenarios. Uh, you know, when I'm at the, uh, uh, the you know, the, uh, what do they call Takaria. it? A Hawaiian, what do they call the Hawaiian barbecue? Oh, uh, when I'm at the luau. luau. <laughs> yeah. When I'm at the luau, I'm all in a grass skirt, you know, buddying up with people. But as soon as I'm at the taqueria, I'm ordering that al pastor. Um, no. I, uh, so I guess we're, I, we're not going to get into media roundup yet, but one of the things I've been watching is I've been exploring the content on Paramount Plus since they kind of just boosted up and had their big launch. And I've been watching the new Negroes, um, which is Open Mike Eagles and, um, Baron Bond's, uh, show. And yeah, I've only watched like two episodes and I do like it, but it has already exhausted me on modern day, like specifically people of color comedy, um, mm about like i'm a black guy but i drink sparkling water so white women don't think i'm threatening like i don't know i i, I pretty quickly got tired of it to be honest really like yeah, yeah, open yeah, mike yeah, eagle songs at the end though 
Um, oh, is it? Does he do a different song for every episode? Because I know he's released a bunch of songs in relation with the show. Yeah, I think I've sent them to you because they they came out on YouTube when the fr- uh, show first came out, and so it just they end every episode with one of the songs. So I I like all of them, and I, I think I even listened to the album on Spotify before watching the show on Paramount Plus. So the only thing I'm getting out of it is I'm just seeing more stand up bits and. Uh, in the kind of key and peel way, uh, Baron and Mike try and do like two person stand up. That's kind of awkward. And then they bring up good comedians. But again, it's just like kind of like material that does just doesn't feel super fresh right now to me, at least. Yeah, I mean, Master of even when Master of None came out, I was already pretty much exhausted of that style of comedy. Which is literally the bit that I'm talking about right now, where like the girl was like, I'm half Native American and like half black and like I choose which and I present as both. So I choose which one to present as based on who's in the news. Like R. Kelly released an album I'm presenting as Native American. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's stupid. That's yeah. whatever. Uh, code, code switching is still blowing people's minds. Like it's not something that's been exhaustively talked about. Yeah, yeah. For a while now. Oh, actually, before we get into the topic, which which does have to do with race. Which I know is everyone's favorite topic. It's <laughs> it's a light one, boys. Don't worry. It's not gonna get too heavy. Let, let's tackle let's tackle a criticism we got about uh gender and misogyny. And by tackle I mean I basically slide tackle. Agree. Yeah, slide tackle. <laughs> I'm gonna the punch that up for form you. Of tackling for, uh, <laughs> Let's, uh, yeah, I basically agree with the criticism. You said one of your friends, uh, called us out for pointing out that technically women's World Cup is smaller than, uh, the men's World Cup. Yes, the physical trophy is smaller, daintier, uh, and not made to do, uh, keep digging your hole, Adrian. Keep digging your (laughs) hole. No, I'm see. I'm making fun of the way that you said the specific words about. Okay, you know what? I'm done. I'm done trying to explain the joke. Um, yes, yes. To make it clear, we don't apologize, but I, I think the criticism was completely totally correct. valid. Sure, yeah. Sometimes we say things we don't believe for the comedy. Yeah. Okay, cool. Anyway, so now we're talking about White Boy Summer, a meme that's already dead while we're recording this, and it's going to come out in two weeks. Wait, so wait, White wait, Boy wait, Summer wait, 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 extra dead. Wait, 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 pop, 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 pop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, sorry, I, I didn't mean to, um, allude to this earlier and then, but, but I, I do have a media roundup that I think. Oh, okay, go. Paul, did you watch a lot of daytime MTV as a, as a youngin? No. So you never really big on like parental control or next? Oh, next I know about. Yeah. Where you, because of whose stand up bit is it? Where? That's Aziz Ansari's. We're really keeping okay. consistent in the, in the through lines today. Um, <laughs> parental control. The idea is that parents don't like their kids boyfriend or girlfriend and so they interview potential partners and then go on a the, the kid goes on a date with those potential partners one picked by the mom one picked by the dad and then they get to watch the dates as they happen and at the end she has to choose between the three partners who she wants to be with and that's a hoot and a half i only watched one episode of that and i like the sense of of, of particularity in time uh really shines in that show but it especially shines in the show next so Show next, five people in a bus, they consecutively go on dates with one person. Whenever they are tired of one person, they can say next and move on to the other one. And it's fucking wild, dude. Like, I think humanity as a species peaked in 2004. Um, If 2004 is the great again that the MAGA heads want us to make America into again, I think I'm on board with that. It was a simpler time. Um, the entire like show feels like a weird acid trip. Uh, 
there, there's so much like rhyming and quipping of like things that's really terrible. Whenever like a, a girl nexts the guy, he has to have a quip be remarked back to her, and she has to have like a, a like a, a pun back at him based on like whatever thematic date they're doing. Um, everyone yells into the camera. No one speaks at like a normal volume because it's all filmed outside. Um, you earn a dollar per minute. So the premise is that you can go really long on the date, not actually liking the person, but you get a dollar every minute you're on the date, but every date ends at like 60 minutes. So like you're choosing not to go on another date with a person for $60, which I guess accounting for inflation, I don't know how much that can get you back then, but I just find that crazy. And then there's also just like, like, again, it's, it was a simpler time. Whenever there's a black woman, who's like the person going through the guys, it has to all be black guys. At least for the couple of episodes that I watched. Um, there's a dude who gets nexted and then pulls down his shorts, revealing his entire naked body and chases someone after the, in the crowd as like a funny bit after he gets knocked out of the show. Um, and then just the amount of times that when there is anything interracial between two people, it's always boiled down to food. It's always like, if this chocolate wants a little bit of this vanilla swirl, then like, like that's literally the only way that they're able to talk about race in this show is that it's, it's all about how delicious their, their white chocolate is or how amazing this brown mocha is for this boy. Like it's, it's wild, dude. I don't know. It's a simpler time, I guess. It's a better time. I highly recommend. They only have one season. It's only 20 episodes and it's still enough to like fucking blow your mind in every single minute. I think Creamer did more for the miscegenation movement than almost anything else in this country. <laughs> okay, so there's also this crazy scene where in Next, she is like a rock person. Like, all the theme dates have to be like, I have one thing you can distill my personality into, and it's important to me that you can match that. Like, there's really dumb ones where it's like, I'm really into football, so I'm going to make you run to an end zone, and I'm going to have a dog chase you. And the, and the challenge is you have to be able to outrun the dog, or I'm not going to date you. So this was like a rocker chick, and she made them do like a little costume change beforehand. Dude changes costume. She shaves his head so she can do a mohawk, dyes it red, looks at him and says, ah, you're not really rocking the look. And then she nexts him. And it's like, this is a crazy show, man. It really blew my mind. Like every Dude, turn. You, you know what's from a similar era that if if we hadn't switched cultures and made something like this impossible, we could have really like stopped a lot of like bullshit pseudoscience from entering mainstream discourse. Penn and Teller bullshit? Nope, if we'd kept Fear Factor open so Joe Rogan mm. couldn't have gone on to do a podcast. Oh, if yeah. Fear Factor had gone on for 20 seasons, you know, we wouldn't have Jordan Peterson. <laughs> we wouldn't have Milo Yiannopoulos. I'm joking. I'm sure maybe those people would have become popular on their own, but maybe without that little bump from going on the Joe Rogan experience. I also don't know, um, because I, I don't think the narrative story is Joe Rogan lost his job, was wandering the streets for inspiration, and decided to do a podcast. I think he was big in MMA. And, like, got a steady paycheck from that before we decide. And doing stand-up. Nah, nah. I've, I've created this narrative in my head that he lost his job at Fear Factor. And he was like, what now? The only other option I can turn to <laughs> in 2006. All right. So to the theme of this episode. To the theme. White Boy Summer. So, like, so the theme today is White Boy Summer, which is already a meme that's dead by the time of recording which means that this is going to be released in two weeks, so it's going to be so dead by the time you are listening to this episode. This is a moratorium. Yep, yep, yep. Ugh, what happened to you, White Boy Summer? You, What burns brightest burns for the shortest time. You know? The beauty of White Boy Summer is its ephemeral nature, mm -hmm, inherently. Mm -hmm. um, so for those of you that don't know, White Boy Summer is a movement started by 
absolute moron and imbecile Chet Hanks, also goes by the rapper name Chet Hayes. Son of Tom Hanks. Son of Tom Hanks. And absolutely a white man. Very, very white. But such a moron that he used to say the N-word all the time while rapping. And he got a little bit of blowback for it, but I don't remember it becoming mainstream discourse. Probably mostly because he just wasn't that successful He just wasn't it. very popular, yeah. Yeah. For his amount of wealth and for how, like, much of a white frat boy he looks like, the the hilariousness of, like, the fact that he tries to put on a patois and his obsession with black culture, but in the most, like, aesthetic, surface-level way. It just, it reveals the mind of, like, such a uniquely stupid, but, like, I I wouldn't call him well-meaning because I know some of the things he can probably say and do are hurtful, but, like, he seems like he's, some of it is his stupidness is getting in the way of him understanding why what he's doing he's is saying that He's just, like, a, he's just a modern-day Mr. Bean. Yeah, it kind of makes him a sympathetic character because if he was any smarter, he would be super shitty. But it's just, it's like, you can tell that it's not badly intentioned. It's that there's only like two synapses firing in his mind. So he doesn't understand that what he's doing is wrong. Although I do want to be very clear what he's doing is wrong. He shouldn't say that word and appropriate black culture so blatantly. But White Boy Summer. White Boy yeah, Summer is going like to be a fun, fun time. time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Beach parties, you know, flat-brimmed hats, black and white t-shirts, keep it simple, feel it out. Yeah, Paul is summarizing the kind of rules for White Boy Summer. Obviously, the origin is co-opted from Megan Thee Stallion's uh, Hot Girl Summer. Um, so in the original tweet, or in the original um, expression of White Boy Summer's ethos, he makes sure to state that it's not, you know, MAGA conservative White Boy Summer. It's It's jack harlow type white boy summer it's you know <laughs> kicking with your boys get the pool party drinking some white claw white white boy summer you know so adrian who are some of your favorite people that exemplify white boy summer like i mean there's a deity of white boy summer which is obviously eminem he i mean not anymore because he's yeah, about to say he's just a sober dad right <laughs> yeah yeah but i mean yeah. 2002 eminem now that's white boy summer shit mm. Who are your um, White Boy Summer heroes? Who's on your White Boy Summer dream board? Oh, man. Simon Rex, for sure. Both in and out of character, uh, for sure. Um, some of my other favorite people who exude White Boy Summer. Like a, you know, like a, um, Asher Roth, uh, Hoodie yeah. Allen type thing. And then maybe drawing from like other spheres of influence or other types of careers. I think Elon Musk is having a White Boy Summer. Dude, Elon Musk has been having a White Boy Summer. <laughs> I mean, obviously, there's Mac Miller. I want to give him his kudos and somebody who seems well, like he does it in a smarter way. Well, that's another one where, like, I think when we were having the confusion over white rappers versus white rappers uh, in an off conversation on the off pod, uh, that was kind of the thing that people always say is like, when I'm talking about white rappers, like Mac Miller is the best description of someone who used to be a white rapper and then just became kind of a more generally respected musical artist. So... You know, for me and you, it's kind of sad. I mean, like I mentioned at the at the start of this podcast, I, I am pretty light-skinned, but it's like, can I, am I allowed to participate in the festivities? Are you, Adrian, allowed to participate in the festivities? Uh, he's made it very clear that Black queens are allowed to participate in White Boy Summer festivities, but where do me and you fit in this White Boy Summer? Because it looks like a good time. It looks, well, like, it looks like it's going to be a ball. That's part I don't, of the, I don't want to miss out. That's part of the well-meaningness of it. Is I think he had an explicit thing about how white boy summer is for everybody and it's specifically for people who have no hate in their heart for other people because that ain't shit. that's me that's me <laughs> and you know what i think yeah that's paul to a t dude ah we're gonna have a white boy summer 
Um, Paul and I are both semi-vaccinated. And as soon as we get that second shot, as soon as we wait that week, we're going to have a white boy summer, bruh. 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 Pool parties, consensual intercourse. Um, What else defines white boy summer? Assuming other people want to hear my music, just having real confidence in my musical taste and playing it out loud for everybody. Mm. Tank tops. Uh, although he did, he didn't mention that, but I, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and throw that in there. I feel like tank tops are a white boy summer thing. No, I think I I did a I did a little research deep dive in articles, and I'm pretty sure he has said tank tops are certainly in. Uh, nice, nice, nice. And then what was the other thing that he was really big on? Oh, uh, flat brimmed hats. He was like, only if you have the right haircut for it. And look, I'm gonna I'm gonna style it my own way. I'm gonna leave out the patois. I'm not doing the patois for white boy summer. I think Chet himself should also stop doing the patois but you know uh, he invented white boy summer not me so who am i to criticize yeah paul can you just do a little bit of patois so people who aren't familiar in our audience know what you're talking about did you have any last points about white boy summer before we jump into these articles last points about white boy summer um uh paul do you know anyone who bought the merch no it was some real proud proud boy looking shit i'm not gonna lie <laughs> yeah 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 it had like font that was just the English worst font, font. Yeah. yeah 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 uh did you see his response to that criticism which was releasing versions of it that said stop hate and black queens <laughs> no that's awesome though yeah like i said the mind of a simpleton <laughs> you know what actually i'm really glad that i brought in the media roundup that i did because i think chat would have been perfect for next oh chat would have thrived in 2004 Mm-hmm. He would have been on Next All Stars for sure. It would have been a great, <laughs> he would have been a great bad boyfriend on Parental Control. He would have been the Ken Jennings of Next. He would have been back week after week, and they're like, "How does he keep winning?" <laughs> <laughs> it keeps he keeps winning. He keeps taking the money because you know. <laughs> what kind of okay? Really quick, last question: What kind of white boy summer do you think Colin Hanks is having? I feel like he's in one of the procedural cop dramas my parents watch. Yeah, I don't think I really know him. And he has a interview on, not Sway in the Morning, but the same radio station where they ask him Ooh. about how he feels about Chet. Oh, really? What does he say? He says, uh, you know, my brother's always done his own thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm glad it's working out for him. You know, Sway, I think, has a little bit of a, like, he doesn't like Chet very much, which, fair enough. I uh, can't fault Sway for that, because I remember, not with Colin, who you just mentioned, but I do remember either with Rita Wilson or another female actress, he's also asked them specifically about Chet and him saying the Edwards. So I think Sway really wanted, uh, probably not loving White Boy Summer, I think he really doesn't want Chet to thrive. Damn, you don't think Sway's wearing those vans? Sway in the morning, Sway in the morning. Oh, I was going to make a Kanye West, you don't got the answer Sway joke, but we can just go into the next section. Yeah, I was going to say, I like Sway more than Chet, so I think if, if, if this is going to be a beef that bubbles to the surface, I'm going to I'm gonna have to rescind my excitement for White Boy Wait, Summer. Paul, who who would you, who would make you take Chet's side <laughs> if they were to go after Chet? Now that, this, yeah, now that you've opened up this thing as an option, okay, like you're okay. like, depending on who goes after him, I could see myself being on Chet's side. Okay, okay. Oh, wait, no. I was going to say if uh, Shia LaBeouf, because I've hated him for a long time, went after him. But then I was like, he's already been canceled. So that's too easy to say. Yeah, yeah. Jonah Hill. If Jonah Hill came at chat, I, I think I'm I'm, I'm chat all the way for that Ooh. one. Okay. I think if Charlemagne came at chat, take the oh. chat side. Ooh, that's a rough one. That's not good for optics. For immediate it's not optics. good for optics, but I've... Uh, <laughs> I've staked out my position against Charlemagne the God, so I've got to I've got to double down on it. Damn. Okay. How do you feel about Tom Hanks with the internet persona that he has in the, like almost like a Keanu way, producing this child and no one really knowing about it? <laughs> you are hiding your child, Tom. Let that boy come home. 
Is it a sign that Tom is not like a great father, that he's a bit of a negligent father? Or is it a sign that Tom is putting like legitimate money into like trying to make sure that people don't find out about Chet <laughs> however they can? <laughs> you know, in a parallel way that again, only of our section of our only a section of our audience will know, that was a very humanizing part of uh Legend of Korra was the depiction of Aang as a pretty bad dad. Same with all of them. Uh what's her name R- really got bad mom status, uh Toph? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She had, like, what, two daughters by two different men and then just left to go into the woods? Um, Yeah, let's do it, bro. Do you want to go first or second? I want to go first, if that's all right with you. All right. All right. All right. All right. That kind of initiative. That's White Boy Summer. That's White Boy Summer right there. Oh, wait. Before we get into the articles, I guess we can talk White about White Boy this Summer we... is about not being embarrassed of wearing floaties into the pool. That's, that's White Boy Summer. <laughs> I think we're co-opting at that point. But that is, um, when you're talking about, and again, we're going to go ahead and be like 100% against Chet Hanks, uh, the good-natured presentingness of it. Like, did you hear the whole part where he was talking about how, like, when you get too drunk as a guy, you got to stop, like, going up to people like you're their best friend, whether they're male or female, you got to stop harassing people when you're drunk? There was a couple good tips in there. I think that's kind of the, the fun way for a lot of places to report on it when it first came out was like, uh, don't call women smoke shows. That is good advice. Uh, don't wear salmon. Yeah, it is played out. Like, I'll just agree with us. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot don't wear points. salmon. That is good advice. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I feel like some of the criticisms of it are a little bit like missing the point of what people found funny about it. I feel like the people who thought it was funny knew that he was a moron and that's part of what was the enjoyment was was that this moron was continuing to do moron shit um, yeah that's the issue is i can't think of anyone in my life who would have seriously adopted white boy yeah, summer the, for their the summer people who are writing these like weird hit pieces were like white boy summer thing when you think about it isn't totally chill and it's like no we all knew that that's five things funny. to think about before you celebrate white boy summer <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> five considerations <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. like, who are you critiquing? The people who genuinely were excited for White Boy Summer? That's not a person that exists. All right, so let's get into this column. All right, so in the spirit of White Boy Summer, I brought in, uh, I actually, this is crazy. You're not going to believe it, Adrian. You're not going to believe it. I actually found an article that Tom Hanks sent into Slate Karen feeding section. Damn. Yeah. All right, so this article, and remember, written by Tom Hanks. I mean, not confirmed for legal reasons, I have to say that, but, like, it's a blind item. I'm going to go ahead and say it was almost certainly 99.9% chance it was written by Tom just based off, like, sussing out the clues. Um, so this this Karen feeding article, Tom Hanks wrote in the question, how do I get my white son to stop saying the N-word? Gut reaction is, what are the Tom Hanks elite Los Angeles parent strategy- strategies these days? Mm. Because if anything, it's going to be like, I don't want to get too stereotypical here, but like, make sure he doesn't have his lunchtime kale if he doesn't stop, or uh, don't give him his green smoothie in the morning if he doesn't stop. Uh, <laughs> he won't have any energy if he doesn't get those electrolytes streaming through his system. <laughs> take away his energy crystals before bedtime <laughs> uh, if he doesn't stop. My immediate reaction is that I'm glad someone's at least asking the question, because if I think about where we grew up, no one even asked this question. <laughs> Yeah, no. Uh, Lexington is the home of white boys who think they can say the N word, but not in the, yeah, is the not is, even in the like kind of innocently moronic way that Chet said it, and a little bit more of a tinged with like, oh yeah, way. 
um is the word that we use to describe people who wanted to be black as white people is that problematic now or are people still using that you know i'm not gonna lie to you i use that word too i'm not sure i wouldn't say it on mic right now i wouldn't say <laughs> but adrian i mean i think some of our audience might just be confused so if you want to go ahead and uh, let them in on what word we're talking about the, the word we'd call white people who want to be black just let the audience in on it yeah i got it and then that's where we put in the clip of someone saying it <laughs> <laughs> all right cool 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 so i'll jump into the question dear karen feeding i am the white father of a 13 year old white son we live in a very diverse area and several of my son's friends wait 13 year old white son this was published october 24th 2018 oh my bad okay i guess it's not tom hanks writing this in my bad the, the dates do not line up you don't but think he he's trying to like make him seem younger to save face yeah, yeah, he might have made him younger so that people couldn't figure out it was it was uh it was Chet he's talking about. Okay, I'm the father of a 13-year-old white son. We live in a very diverse area and several of my son's friends are people of color, mostly black. Recently I heard my son call one of his friends the N-word. I was obviously furious. The fact that he doesn't mention whether it was with a hard R or soft R is very upsetting, but I'm going to have to assume the soft R. I was obviously furious and immediately explained that he does not get to say that word. He responded by saying his black friends said he could. His friends also told him that I, a white person, don't get to choose who says that. After his friend left, I told him that <laughs> I told him that his friends do not get to speak on behalf of all black people and he should never say that word. He reiterated that his friend said that as a white person, my opinion here does not matter. I followed up by asking him to ask his friend's parents about the matter. He said he uses the word in front of several of them all the time in their homes and they don't Several care. select few of them. <laughs> I'm sure. I followed up by asking him to ask his friend's parents about the matter. He said he uses the word in front of several of them all the time in their homes and they don't care. We ended, we ended by me telling him I don't want to hear it in my house, which he agreed to. But I worry he is freely using the word out in the world and does not understand the ramifications, both the pain it can cause people to hear a white person say that word, but also the damage to his life it could cause. I thought about reaching out to some black friends and neighbors to talk to him, but I don't feel it's the job of black people to educate white people on racism. It makes me feel very uncomfortable saying his black friends are wrong and that I, as a white person, am right when it comes to using that word. But I don't know what else to do. How do I get him to understand that he can't say that word despite his friends saying he can? Dash white parent problems. Yeah, that one's a doozy. Yeah, I love that this child has outsmarted that kid is his parents. <laughs> clearly on the debate team. <laughs> I like how these troll children clear. This is the funniest thing about like when people take like woke rhetoric. To exactly, yeah, that's what I was going to say, yeah. Is that his child is disagreeing with him and because he's sprinkling in some like woke buzzwords, he's like, oh God, oh God, oh, I can't parent him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's been outsmarted by a kid yeah I, I mean i've said this before it's like when when i when i sent you that text about how easy it was to manipulate dorley into saying exactly what you'd expect her to say where i was talking about freddie gibbs win winning a grammy and she was like i'm rooting for billy eilish and i was like can a black man get a goddamn grammy in this country for once and she was like no that's true that's true yeah you're right because but, clearly you know. we like freddie gibbs's music more than billy eilish but it's so <laughs> funny that we could just invoke that like invoke that argument with people who don't know how to think critically about these things <laughs> their minds melt dude parent your son tell him to stop fucking saying that word it's a racist word he shouldn't be able to say it 
why is why is his woke rhetoric that he's clearly using to troll you and him and his black friends are snickering about behind your back? Um, okay, a couple ideas up top. One, well, I guess it's a parent, so he's an older person. But legitimate advice off top for no reason, I guess. I do think that the idea of not bothering your, you know, friends and family or not family, I guess, because they're white, but your friends who are black to like bring them in like a special educator for your child. Yeah, I do agree that that's kind of annoying. Oh, yeah, Um, yeah, don't do that. (laughs) But giving your kid like something to read or a video to watch of like a black person telling them that this is not okay, You know, that that's out there. People have done like. Mm-hmm. You know, don't ask the random neighbor you have to explain something to your kid, but people have done the work to, like, put out public material to explain these things. Like, there's still something you can do that isn't just, like, let me think of the one black person I know from work and tell him what, ask him what I'm supposed to do with this. I always found that astounding when people talk about, like, it's annoying to me that black people want me to do the work or whatever when they're not willing to explain things to me. It's like, there's materials out there. Like, you, there's there's a there's a middle in between uh, taking mm-hmm. things into your own hands and fucking... But yeah, I don't know whether or not your kid would actually listen to that. He seems like a little shit, so who knows? I think he... <laughs> given the limitations he's clearly imposing on himself, the I just don't want to hear to my house, what was a good like first step to like figure out how to handle it? But no, I think he, he got... He got wrecked by facts and logic in this yeah, debate no. by his kid <laughs> these kids these kids won i don't know if there's much you can do now uh serious serious thing is if you're close with any of the kids uh of his friends parents you gotta you gotta tell the parents like even if you really are okay can you just like tell them to shut the fuck up like if he tries to say it like yeah yeah and, and th- try to and then once again, serious advice, which isn't fun. Try to explain to him that people can put on like a happy face and lie to you because they don't want to like upset you. You're like a child that these parents might not, their right. friends and might not actually be okay with it. They might feel pressure to tell you they're okay with it because that's what you're hoping they'll say. Two things. One is that it totally makes sense to me that the kids are okay with that. That's a very common scenario. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It reminds me of when Odd Future first got big and they like Tyler, the creator, talked in interviews about how the one white dude who handles their merch, like Lucas, like he lets him say the N-word in their crew or whatever. And they've like defended mm-hmm. him for saying the N-word. Do you think you can set a shock collar for a dog to not be triggered off a of bark, but to be triggered off the N-word? Mm. Almost certainly they're working on it. <laughs> I mean, the way that like Silicon Valley works, it's going to be designed to like make sure people don't say cracker, but then they're going to have to like figure out how to co-opt it for people of color later on. But um for sure that's that's going to be that's going to be something that comes out soon. There is this really funny story that I don't even know if it's going to work on this podcast cuz it's a secondary story of another comedian talking about how at a comedy show where part of the bit was that they hook you up to a lie detector and ask you uncomfortable questions. She was asked if she had ever said the N-word at any point in her life. And uh, she said no, and it didn't go off. And that was, everyone was so surprised. <laughs> no, what are you talking about? I've never said it. Not even while rapping along? No, no, never. Not even rapping along in an empty car. Not even closed my mm. door in my bedroom alone. Sheets over my head. Never said it. White sheets over your head. Cross no. burning. You've never no, said no, it. No, 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 no. My bed sheets. Mm-hmm. Nope. Yeah, it's still their bed sheets. I've never even I've never even really thought it in my mind to see how it sounds in my train of thought in my internal monologue. I was actually born with a birth defect that doesn't <laughs> allow my mouth to make those movements. <laughs> I I was born with a birth defect that doesn't even allow my brain to think that word. I I just I have a natural bleep when I hear what. <laughs> no, uh, serious idea. Obviously, um, make them only have white friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Take away his black friends. Yeah. 
That makes sense. And I agree with it. What do kids hate more than anything, Adrian? Broccoli. No, no. What immediately makes a fad uncool to a child? What makes them want to stop doing something? If your parents do it? (laughs) If your parents do it. (laughs) I like where you're going. I like the idea here. Do you follow me? You've got to start saying the N-word and a lot. I follow you. I follow you in public where they can be most shamed. To where they can be most shamed. On the baseball field while you're yelling at your kid about how he's doing a great job. Okay. Other parent, parent, classic parenting advice is you want to let your kid just kind of wear themselves out of something. Mm. Get one going. Yep, Get yep, him yep, a yep. job for season five of the boondocks where he plays a white person. <laughs> he sends the N word. <laughs> <laughs> and just let him really like tell it, it takes a hundred takes. If it takes a hundred takes, it takes a hundred takes. You know what I mean? Uh, we're doing the classic like it's smoke the whole pack trick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You smoke one cigarette. You smoke the whole carton of cigarettes. Dude, why are we not writing for Karen Feeding? I feel like we really get kids. I think we do. That's the thing is like all these like crazy trends and different things about how to parent. At the end of the day, kids are kids. We know what they're doing. We know how their psyche works, man. It's all tried and tested. Should you not, are, are we not going to go all the way back to like scrub his mouth out with soap? Oh, I don't know why that feels like a white punishment. So maybe you just make him whiter. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, rest of development. Hire an actor. Terry oh. Crews type. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, to yeah, like yeah. hang, to like walk by him and his friends on the street. <laughs> I say you do a kitty pride. Take that kid into the middle of Compton in your car, drop him off, give him like a week's worth of money, <laughs> and just say, "Hey, have at it. Figure out how to how to live." So this is from a Hot ninety seven interview. I remember Kali Uchi talking to uh, who's the host of that Hot ninety seven radio show, the big one, uh, Ebro in the morning. Uh, so she was talking to old man Ebro. And she was very proudly, and this is, I'm going to give you the opposite advice. Do not do what Kali Uchi's, uh, don't do what her dad did, which is she was bragging about how her parents were so good at, like, stopping them from being racist that the one time he, her dad heard her brother say the N-word, he beat the shit out of him. Jesus. I was like, that is not a nice story about how your parents were so, like, progressive. That is a horrifying story of the wrong way to handle that situation. Wait, is she mixed or... I think she's Hispanic. Oh. And they were just asking her about, like, you know, different people saying the N-word, how that makes her feel. And she's like, she was talking about the one time her brother tried to say it, but that beat him up. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> like, not a good story. <laughs> not, not the kind-hearted story you think it is. I don't know if you know there's an S-word against Latinos. My dad literally, like, my brother said that word once and my dad literally, like, punched him in his face when he was, like, seven years old. He didn't even know what the word was. Like, he didn't know what it meant. Someone had called him that. And he randomly said it, and my dad, like, beat the shit out of him. And so, like, I just come from a household where it's, like, hate speech in general, any type of word that has, like, a nasty, like, connotation behind it. Like, if it doesn't feel good for your body, then you shouldn't be saying it, point blank, period. Last piece of advice, okay? You can always do the logic, all right? Mm. What you do is, in your wallet, which you certainly have as a 13-year-old, you have a billfold with a little, like, picture thing that folds out like a classic wallet keep a family picture that's photoshopped where your mom is black <laughs> and your dad is white <laughs> and whenever people uh have ask for your n-word card just be like hey right there buddy okay uh do you want to hear the answer yeah let's see what uh who's this person carvel wallace from all right dear white parent problems I might suggest that this is less of an N-word question and more of a parenting question. You have a teenager, which means that there is someone in your no, life... No, no, no. Answer the question that was asked. <laughs> in the most Paul <laughs> fashion, I'd like to bring that up. 
<laughs> it is funny when they like pivot to I'm gonna answer what you're really asking. It's like you don't know me. You think which you means know me? <laughs> awesome. Uh, which, means... <laughs> which means that they're God, I wish JPEG Mafia was on this episode. I'd love to hear <laughs> Dude, his opinion. Featuring JPEG them. Mafia. <laughs> Oh my god, I need JPEG Mafia to come <laughs> to come guest on this show and tell us what he thinks about also how bullshit our ideas are. I'm pretty sure he would rip me a new asshole. Oh, <laughs> like yeah, 90% for sure. of everything I think. Peggy, come on pod. Love you, Peggy. I might suggest there's less of an N-word question and more of a parenting question. You have a teenager, which means there's someone in your life about whom you care a great deal and whose behavior you are exorbitantly invested, but who does not listen to you. This, obviously, is a maddening state of affairs. But obviously, get used to it, because it's a normal one. It's developmentally appropriate for adolescents to be boneheads, and much of parenting at this stage is about knowing when to let go. You will not win most battles of wills with teenagers, but if you obsess over control, you will manage to destroy quite a bit along the way. Damn, that's Yoda-style advice. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna lie, I think if this were anything else, it would probably work, but for this specific issue, I don't think this is gotten it. Yeah, yeah, I think for this issue, you actually gotta cut this shit off, like... You gotta nip that in the bud. Obviously, I don't think your son should be saying the N-word, but it's a hard time for him to hear that because he's feeling himself and his burgeoning identity as the white dude who kicks it with the black dudes. Furthermore, all his friends are all co-signing for the time being, so I'm not too mad at him for trying to do what he believes is his thing. The good news is that reality is much better teacher than most parents. It is extremely likely that he'll let the word fly around other kids who don't know him like that, and they will have an entirely different reaction. <laughs> I like that his advice is your kid's going to get the let shit your beat kid, out of yeah. him. <laughs> All right. It's also extremely likely that one of the kids who's in his friend's group will wake up one day, look at him sideways, and be like, actually, on second thought, ellipses. There's also a non-zero chance that your son himself will wake up one day and be like, oh, hold up. Remember, these are all kids and everyone is growing and changing at lightning speed. Damn, I like that idea as a parent is do nothing and hope your kid gets woke or someone around him gets woke. <laughs> or gets the shit beat out of them. Let's not forget <laughs> oh, the right. first option. Let's hope that uh, Callie Ultis' dad, dad around. <laughs> is around one day. <laughs> so what can you do? By all means, make clear why you think he shouldn't say it. Also, get clear yourself on why that is a lot of times people don't want to do things that seem racist because they know it's impolite and shameful but they are entirely unclear on the specifics of why it's hurtful and harmful this disconnect is ferreted out by the agile young minds of our teenagers who see it as a good reason to dismiss our messages wholesale in other words they may not always know what they're talking about but they damn sure know you don't know what you're talking about <laughs> that's that's so true damn. great little paragraph which is about to go into the next one Tanahasi Coates offers a very Tanahisi Coates offers a very cogent explanation in this viral video. Oh, I'm gonna leave this out since we're not gonna be able to watch the video. Wait, no, leave it in because that was my advice. Oh, Tanahisi Coates offers a very cogent explanation in this viral video, which is a great tool because you can get an explainer from a black person without having to burden a black person. I might also recommend you both watch the film Blind Spotting, which, while not entirely perfect, is a lot of fun and does explore the story of the white kid who grows up around black people with a level of nuance and realism that matches what I've seen in my life, but that I'm not used to seeing in cinema. The film does deal with some mature stuff, so you may want to screen it before, but I don't think it's much that most 13-year-olds with internet access haven't already encountered. Continue to make your case, but remember that while you can influence what he does in the world, you cannot control it. He will figure out what he needs to figure out, even if he has to learn it the hard way. 
Really quick and annoying, just talking about things we've talked about before. There's an open parenthesis that never closes in this answer. And it's just like, who's editing this? Once again, Glass Houses, I know that this podcast has a lot of like issues and errors along the way. It's not always the smoothest ride, but we don't have- but Our production um, value is 20 bucks in a Taco Bell combo pack. Yeah, <laughs> these people are writing for Slate.com. It's crazy how many grammatical errors we find in the writing. That being said, I think you're right. It is a pretty, it's a pretty- doggone good answer yeah ideas wise i really like that answer i thought i think it skirts the the issue a little bit too much in the beginning but it does round back out to being much more direct about it so i'm cool with that i think it's pretty good all right um thank you for entertaining that question adrian uh white boy summer question white boys you know they're often problematically saying the n-word that's true they do love it it's not an official part of white boy summer all right paul let's get to article two how do you feel about that i'm loving that idea All right, well, as we've already kind of alluded to and discussed, a big part of White Boy Summer is about fashion. No salmon, no, you know, what was it, plaid shirts? You're not supposed to be looking like a picnic table out here. No Sperry's, no, like, you know, upper-class white boy shoes. We're talking about Vans. We're talking, you know, more of the worker shoes. I guess, I don't know why I'm bringing this paradigm to it, but that's kind of, uh... He also said, I'm not, maybe throw on some Jordans. I'm not a sneakerhead, but if if that's your thing, just feel it out. So let's not leave that out. That's true. You do. You can just feel it out. The shirt thing was um, no polos, I think. I think it was like just a nice plain white, plain black tee. Well, you're at the beach. You're going to be taking it off. You don't want to look like a picnic table. It's not no polos. It's no. Uh, I already went through that. You just weren't yeah. listening. Write that on my list of grievances. Paul immediately repeats what Adrian just said. My list of grievances. Adrian <laughs> is keeping a list of grievances. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, there's many like um, small rules. Uh, in a in a Bill Maher type way, Chet has made a lot of new rules about what White Boy Summer really is. He's created a very real vision of what it looks like for the, the average person. And so we're going to do a little fashion column to talk about what we envision for White Boy Summer. Because I think if you're thinking of a person wearing a plain black tee... Maybe some jeans, maybe like some gym shorts, or maybe just like his bathing suit. Um, And then, you know, some Jordans or some flip-flops or some Vans or whatever. It's not necessarily the most upscale style. It's a very approachable style. Um, And so that's why I brought in from Frank Gargione uh, from Rat is the outlet. Uh, I meant to do background research on who this guy is, but I totally forgot to do that. But I'm assuming he's some kind of fashion expert or... um, topical voice in fashion and the article is put some real clothes on active wear is for the gym love a good aggressive title i mean joggers are i think joggers are gonna be a big part of white boy summer so he's he's coming at he's coming at young chet you don't think it's a little bit too hot for joggers in the oh, LA yeah, you're summer? right you're right okay for him it'll be gym shorts you think or or do you think uh, what 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 type of pants do you think chet is wearing long pants or Short. You know, I th- I think he's a very bulky guy. So I was gonna say, like, um, even though they're basically joggers, the Adidas uh, like soccer pants. You know, like the trainers. Yeah, if that, you're like, wearing those, really you can wear like off. the more sporty joggers that aren't like yeah, sweatpants. Yeah. Um, so just a quick note from the publisher: Ranked is no longer publishing. Thank you for everyone who read our work over the years. The archives will remain available here for news stories. Head over to Vox.com, where our staff is covering consumer culture for the goods by Vox. Dear Frank. My New Year's resolution of hitting the gym actually worked, but I'm afraid that I'm taking it too far. Lately, all I've been wearing is workout clothes. I try to keep it cute. It's usually some sort of solid yoga pant, 
oversized top and Nikes. I feel like this is totally acceptable because the sportswear trend is still going full force, but I'm also a bit worried. Will I look back in 10 years and realize that I was that this was just like wearing a velour tracksuit everywhere in 2003. Sincerely, Sporty Spice. And just for a little bit of context, I will say this is in 2014 because fashion is ever evolving. So if you take issue with the sportswear is in right now, that's because this is from seven years ago. Um, yoga pants really made big moves and it hasn't died. I feel like, right? That That's still a thing? I don't know. Um... Well, it's hard because it's also confounded by the last year that we've experienced. Mm. Which is a big which, but that was more sweatpants energy than yoga pant energy. No, nah, they're still trying to show off their button zoom meetings. <laughs> um so I mean, obviously this is answered uh probably uh serious answers out of the way real quick. Uh it's it's to your own discretion. Purposefully as a dude, I feel gross wearing gym shorts out of the house. It makes me feel like a slob and you know how you dress is all about the energy and how it makes you feel. So uh, if you're like me, don't wear disgusting sportswear out of the house. Yeah, yeah, 100% agree. Um, before the pandemic, I would never dream of wearing gym shorts out if I wasn't actively exercising and on a run or something. Um, I particularly think that it looks slobbish. I think it's hard to match into good outfits. I think a lot of them look very gaudy. Um, and it's weird because it's not like something I associate with poor people. Cause like, I think there are a lot of like people who buy really nice athletic wear and wear it out, but yeah, I still yeah. just don't like the look of it. Like it, it, to me, it just feels like, uh, it, it doesn't feel like it, it always feels like whatever you're doing is a secondary intention. If someone walks into Trader Joe's and they're like wearing their like workout clothes, uh, it feels like this was not the main plan of their day. They were on a run and realized, oh, I need avocados. Because <laughs> like, that's how, that's the only reason I would wear that and go in is like, I, I normally I would rather wear like, you know, a little nice pair of chinos, maybe like a Merlot chino with like a, you know, a, a, a navy blue top or something. But um, that's just me. And it's changed over the pandemic where I got very used to wearing gym shorts every day. And now I go out wearing gym shorts all the time and I'm not a fan. Other people aren't a fan, but it's happening. Yeah, I mean, well, most people just aren't a fan of having to see your legs, but... Hey, they're pretty hot. I've been told by multiple women that I have the perfect amount of leg hair. <laughs> That's awesome. It's, it's, <laughs> it's something I believe, but it feels like it shouldn't be true, because how is there a perfect amount? But I, I maybe you do just have, like, a very pleasing ratio. That's the type of joke you can't make up off your top of your yeah, head yeah, like that. Yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah, I'm, I'm just waiting for a mathematician to come in and be like, well, actually, it's the golden number when you look at the it's area, the golden, ratio. I mean, the golden <laughs> ratio, when you look at the area divided, the total area of his legs divided by the area covered in hair. It's actually the most pleasing because of a mathematical unity that brings together all of nature through time. It's something we see in the smallest in the smallest microcosms to the largest star systems. That's actually pretty good. <laughs> That's good for one take. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is also to go back to the question. One of those things, keeping it serious for a second, uh, you know, if you feel like you look good in it and I think it is different for girls, I think girls can wear, pull off active wear a little bit better. It looks less slobbish on girls. Um, yeah. Cause it's usually more tailored. Yeah. I think it's because it's got like a, women's active wear is more like uh skin tight yeah. or fit. Whereas men's active wear is so loose. That's why Paul likes it. <laughs> When Paul goes out, you realize there's such a thin layer separating you and me. <laughs> <laughs> Paul's a freak. You already know. 
Um, no, but no, I generally agree. I think that's the issue with it is that it's just, it's just, it's not very fitted. Or if you do want to get one that is fitted, you're spending 80 bucks at a running store for one shirt. <laughs> Yo, how do you feel about Michael Sarah from, uh, Juno? Those type of that, those shorts. How do you feel about coming out with real oh, short like 80s shorts? type shorts? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yo, I could, I, so that's part of my issue is that like a lot of modern day gym shorts that are like almost like three quarters length or whatever, uh, if, if not just like just above your knee, I, I think they don't go with a lot of things. Dude, those type of gym shorts, you can really put into an outfit together. Like, especially if they're that like orange sherbet, like you, you can, you can put a fit together with that easily. So it really is the looseness of gym shorts. I think that gets both of us because I also think like those those 80s running shorts are way less like yeah. i would rather like in public somebody would look more put together in those to me than in gym shorts yeah yeah um, it's a look it looks like you're like fucking like you're a pokemon trainer somewhere or something yeah so it has nothing to do explicitly because we're okay with those and we're okay with girls in yoga pants there's something about gym shorts that we both think look slobbish and hoodies yeah i get so there's something does, with hoodies too that looks slobbish you look like a, yeah yeah mark duplass looking ass motherfucker uh <laughs> yeah like i'm lost in my 30s and don't know what i'm doing ass motherfucker um especially zip up hoodies um so yeah, I will say this is in the category of columns of Paul and Adrian know that they're wrong. They're just trying to figure out like where well, yeah. where they could figure out to, the right opinion is for them. Oh no, we're absolutely wrong. Obviously, don't ju- judge Wear people how want, they dress. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> also, I'm assuming you're going to be wearing like Nike running shoes or stuff like that. And a lot of those aren't really fashionable either. A lot of a lot of it's really gaudy in the sense that like it's a lot of different neon-y colors that are meant to make you visible, or they're mm. like slate gray colors that are meant to make you look a little too cool than you actually are yeah yeah how did i feel like similar to what you were saying about looking like you were doing something else when i see somebody like walk into a shop with like their bike helmet on i'm like get the fuck out of here (laughs) i immediately go slash both of their tires i don't know what you thought you were doing here but get back on your bike or tie your helmet up somewhere outside (laughs) that's actually a whole nother level to it is when i used to do like actual biking trips Uh, My friend Esteban would just wear his bike shorts into wherever we were like stopping to get a beer or whatever. And I would always bring an extra pair of shorts to wear over because I was like, I'm not wearing my skin tight padded butt fucking biking shorts into this bar in the (laughs) middle of the day. Did you bring a little bit of like, uh, did you bring some like hair care products so that you could get rid of your uh, helmet hair? No, I just didn't wear a helmet, you know. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, that's what I would actually recommend to our listeners and children explicitly do not wear helmets. They make you look like a fucking dweeb. I got nothing to save up here, you know what I mean? <laughs> you are a moron. Did you actually not wear a helmet? You should wear a helmet. No, I did wear my helmet. Okay, good. Paul, I got hit by a car once. I was wearing my helmet. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. That's so Paul funny. Was there. Paul was in his car after he hit me, <laughs> <laughs> laughing about it. And then dragged that old man and forced him to look like the one that hit you after they <laughs> caught him. He's like, I don't know where I am. <laughs> Adrian was a victim of a hit in Rodney Hall. Isn't that really funny? <laughs> It broke my glavicle. My glavicle! <laughs> I remember after I hit you, but before I dragged the old man to incriminate him, I remember you screaming, my glavicle! <laughs> no, 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 that was um, that was a really cool part of the experience, is I got that adrenaline rush where I didn't even realize until like 20 minutes later that that bone was just broken. <laughs> oh, so like, I literally, I carried my bike with that arm over off the side of the road. Um, and so that's why I believe if I ever like, you know, needed to lift a car off of a child in need... I mean, I could do it. I wouldn't. I'd probably keep walking into wherever I'm going. I'm probably on my way to get like an Italian sub or something, but I could. You'd be like, this one's for Dorley. (laughs) (laughs) I would lift up the car to get the 
nickel that I saw underneath it and then put it back <laughs> down on the child. <laughs> All right. Uh, any any more? Okay. So how can we? This person wasn't really. A- this person was asking for advice in the really like technical sense. Like they're not asking for life advice that we can really help them on. They were asking for fashion advice. I mean, he's also being really um a little like humble brag here. I actually kept my New Year's resolution of working out. Mm-hmm. All right. Dear Spice, I may get some flack for this, and maybe I'm a bit of a snob, but no. Bold. This is not okay. And bold. If you are a personal trainer, sure. If you work on the floor at Athleta, absolutely. Otherwise, no. Put on some real pants. Try something with a button. Not everything you wear every day should be knit. Take a cue from trainers Bob and Jillian on The Biggest Loser. When they're training their losers or shilling water filters and high-protein granola snacks, they are wearing their active finest. At the weigh-ins, however, Jillian is suddenly a refined, dressed-up lady, and Bob is wearing nothing less than a Saint Laurent Paris or Dior home. In ten years, you will see pictures of yourself at a birthday get-together or a casual lunch. In them, you will be wearing yoga pants and a huge tee and neon yellow-soled running shoes. A half a step removed from Regina George's mom and Mean Girls, and will want to die. That said, you won't be any more or less mortified than your normcore friends or that acquaintance who really loves Rick Owens. So just go put on some real clothes, for the love of God. As a final note, congratulations on making the New Year's resolution finally happen. That makes one of us. Love, Frank. Yeah, I think he was much less apologetic about holding the same opinion that we held. <laughs> yeah, I'm a fan. I like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess there is, like just the very slightest nuance of you don't want to tear into this person because the source of the problem is that they're succeeding in their health goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So that would be super problem. And if he was like, hey, stop working out if it means that you're going to stop wearing workout clothes out of the house. If if the price you have to pay to get to the gym every day is looking a little bit like uh, not put together, then pay that price. Getting to the gym is way more important. All right. Paul, are you ready for this third segment? Yes, I'm ready. All right, I have 13 uh, things here. It's not a quiz. It's, well, I guess it's sort of a quiz. Oh, God, I hope they're not 13 reasons why. That'd be dark. 13 reasons why. That'd be a dark turn to this podcast. One, because of my list of grievances referred to herein. (laughs) Um, No, let me just put up a random number generator really quick. So, Paul. As people know from the description of last week's episode, not last week's episode, two weeks ago's episode, uh, it, it's my it was my birthday this last week. My birthday mm-hmm. is on April Fool's. It's not a very fun birthday to have. It's not a federal holiday. That's that's like my line that I say whenever people say like, is it fun to have a holiday on your birthday? Is it's I don't get it off um, from work. But more so than other years, I was attuned to the April Fool's pranks that companies were pooling. Uh, on April Fools, some have some companies have long-standing traditions of doing this. Some kind of more recently tried to get into the game because it's good publicity or whatever. Yeah, people will write articles about it. Like how crazy is that that a company did something so wacky? And people will also write articles about how badly some of them went. Mm-hmm. So what I have is a list of April Fools jokes from companies. Um, and in honor of my birthday, I'm going to give you the pitch of what the idea was. And I want you to, in your marketing perspective and expertise, which if you don't know, we have that, check out the marketing episode. 
Um, I want you to uh, punch it up. Give, give, give your advice for what you would have done different to make these things a real success. Mm. So basically we're doing Nathan for you speed round. We're doing Paul for you. Paul for you. Okay, okay. And I want you to judge me by the criteria of could this idea make it, if I was in the writer's room for Nathan for you, could this idea make it in? So you're coming up with sardonic ideas. Here we go. I'm going to give you the company and the stunt. And I'm just going to give you a binary yes or no, it's better than what they did. So we'll see how you do. Starting off with number six, a historical one. The BBC. Mm-hmm. In 1957. Is this War of the Worlds? No. Oh. Any other guesses, smartass, before I start the actual thing? Yeah. No, okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. 1957. The BBC releases a story on television showing fake footage out of Switzerland in which a family harvests spaghetti from a tree with great success from a spaghetti tree due to favorable weather conditions and a lack of the presence of the notorious spaghetti weevil pest. Mm -hmm. People in England believed it because spaghetti was not a common food item yet in in Great Britain. Okay, okay. So what was the problem with this? No, it was actually very successful. That's that's tight. I wouldn't change anything. That's a great idea. All right. You wouldn't change like rigatoni? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I th- I think the following year they should have showed they should have showed uh like stuffed stuffed pasta that's coming out of the ground like a root vegetable like the bottom of a potato. I like that. I like that. That's a good idea. I think they could expand on it yearly. Um this is the type of thing that they should have never apologized for or fixed. And they didn't. All right. Paul. Next one. Paul's favorite, Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. In 1996, Taco Bell releases a rumor to the public through various news sources that they are going to buy the Liberty Bell and rename it the Taco Liberty Bell. This is stupid. Way better prank on Taco Bell's part. They should have, around that time in the 90s, they'd gotten rid of the Chihuahua mascot. And right around the time they got rid of it, they should have introduced their new mystery meat Chihuahua tacos. <laughs> I don't know if that lines up as well as, but I, okay, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. That would have really gotten the people going. That would have been nice and controversial to really get you some uh, free clicks. That is true. And so I will say that the controversy of this um, April Fool's prank is that they ended up having to donate $50,000 to the like Liberty Bell Preservation Fund. Why? How much do you think the donation from, because the outla- uh, outrage of them trying to buy a national monument but they obviously weren't re- they were they really trying to buy it i mean no this was not a cover-up using an april fool's uh veneer <laughs> this was people actually in 1996 got angry enough about them trying to buy this piece of history and change it to the taco bell to the taco liberty belt that they had to make a donation to like, that's save. so funny how much culture has changed because at this point if they tried to do that i think people would think it was awesome <laughs> oh yeah 100 percent. they'd be like why didn't four loco get in on this but <laughs> Do you think they'd spend less money on your um, dog meat prank? Yeah, yeah. I think that, well, they would definitely have to donate to like PETA or something, right? I don't know. That's my to thought, To the Humane right? Society. Yeah. But it's worth it. I consider that a bump up. I consider that a better, a better idea. All right, this is going to be a hard one to beat, Paul. 2019 Amazon. Amazon officially releases Audible for your pet fish. Like it, like it was audiobooks for your pet fish, like the Audible. They get lonely all day. Why not mm. let them have a book read to them? Okay, so my prank, instead of uh, 
instead of that, Jeff Bezos gets on TV. It's April 1st, right? He says that he has to do a, uh, uh, like a, he has to do like a public interview. So he gets on all the major news networks, CNN, NBC, ABC, whatever. Uh, Jeff Bezos sticks a, a gun into his mouth and blows his brains out <laughs> on live TV. I don't think that's going to work, but I do like that. I mean, that's, I'm just spitballing here. This is blue sky thinking. <laughs> this is just a random off the top thing. Okay. We're sticking to 2021 for this one, Paul. In 2021, I don't really know what the brand is who owns this, but this is just the Teletubbies. In 2021, on April Fool's, they announced that they're releasing a new cryptocurrency, Tubbycoin Big Hugs token, on Twitter with a pretty spooky image of two Teletubbies with their eyes replaced with red flares. And this was official Teletubbies release this? This was blue checkmark Teletubbies, baby. That's sweet. Um... This is, I don't, this, this feels, it's too tame, right? Like, that's something that would actually happen nowadays. I could imagine a kid's show having its own cryptocurrency. That feels like the, I don't like think they'd allow are. that, would they? <laughs> what? I don't think that'd allow that, would they? Wouldn't that be like a whole thing of the children? You're, you're clearly peddling this to children. How are children going to buy cryptocurrency? <laughs> the only people I knew who have crypto- cryptocurrency when I was younger was kids. <laughs> Yeah, but not Teletubbies age kids, like 16-year-olds trying to buy weed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's so tight to think how much money people we knew spent on weed <laughs> in today's dollars and Bitcoin. <laughs> like, just hundreds of thousands of dollars. Well, so, okay, so back to the Teletubby things. I think uh, this is America, so the Teletubby should have announced a new, like, Teletubby brand, like Kalashnikov rifle or something like the Teletubbies branded. All right, is that is that it for that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the best idea I can. You know, this beautiful dome doesn't always have the best uh, off the top. Sometimes it's just for looking good. And boy, howdy, is it? <laughs> you think you got advice for the company Bud Light? What did they do? Twenty twenty one, they announced a new hard seltzer. Anchovy pizza flavored. Yeah, I think I got a better advice for Bud Light. So what you got to do is... Is this going to be kill yourself again? (laughs) (laughs) No. Could you imagine if that was how you did all of these? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you got to, you got to release, you got to release a hilarious trio of old women for your seltzers. Uh, Mm. One, they're going to be the Ritas. So one's going to be for your Lima Rita Bud Light seltzer, uh, strawberry Rita, and uh, I forget the other flavor, Mangarita, Mangarita, and it's gonna. And then you're also going to release an advice column called "Ask the Ritas" along with this as part of your marketing push, where you're going to hire three old lady actresses to play the three Ritas to answer questions about your Bud Lime Bud Light Lima Ritas. And people can then ask the three old lady Rita's questions on social media. I think that'd be a pretty funny prank. Truth. Stranger than fiction. So can we really quickly talk about how this is something I, I realized while researching. And it's um, so many of these pranks, like the pizza Bud Seltzer, it's just, I guess it's too obvious, but some people like that. Mm. There are like opinion pieces that are like, if you're going to do an April Fool's as a company, just make it obvious so you don't get any like bad, you know bad publicity or um make it as obvious to the everyday person that this is a joke but it is funny that like this happens after in the new not in the new year's in christmas time they release like a peppermint chocolate flavor of their seltzer like 
they're already so much a parody of themselves that yeah 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 some of these things do sound kind of believable i I think it was the anchovy that they added on the label that made it seem unbelievable like it it was a limited run these things are often created to get clicks but like burger king released a freaking unhappy meal and even if it's just a limited run they did it so the idea that like a culture is like like we're too like we have like there's some bar like some bar that we won't like lower ourselves beneath it's just like it's not true anymore (laughs) in any sense so it's pretty hard to think of a line for like what like what wouldn't be something that they would actually do yeah, I think that's right. I think that it's it's really just the time of year that really concretely makes you feel like you know you're... There's enough times during the year where you look at something and go, like, this has to be fake. And the fact that it's not fake is, like, half the discussion. It's like when Hamburger Helper released that, like, mixtape and people were so crazy about it. And oh, it's like... that was an April Fool's joke, though. But they actually released it. And it was fire. Whatever. It's still corny as hell. And it's still just proof that our society is too fucking stupid. Nah, 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 dude. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, do we have any more? Uh... Um, here's one that I think you can punch up, but that's just my opinion. A little throwback to a Lexington, a Lexington staple uh, that everyone loves. Uno Pizzeria. Mm. Just this year. Apparently, there's still a company. Um, I don't know how widespread they are, but this is a Chicago style pizzeria. And in 2021, they announced on March 31st. So if you're just looking at the date, you're not going to get that this is a joke. They announced that their menu will no longer include their signature deep dish pizza. That's the whole joke. Okay, um, so we're going to punch this one up a little bit. There's some work we could do on it. There's some work on we could do on it. Um, I think Uno's for, for April Fool's Day should have said that they were doing a mental health awareness thing, and they should have renamed their restaurant to Duos, and it should have shown like a lonely guy eating there alone, that he's like really sad, and then like his eyes like look up from the pizza and he's like there's a tear in it and he catches the eye of a girl on the other side of the bar and she's also eating alone and then like you see the you see the uno's logo morph into duos and then you see it's like a really happy day and they're both walking into uno's together i was gonna say the opposite i was gonna say uno should have done that they announced that they're only allowing single tables from now on They were, they, that would actually be a good April Fool. It was yeah, all, yeah, they mind, turned their right. entire restaurant into just stand up little like circular tables for one person, <laughs> six feet away from everybody else. <laughs> and, and, and their marketing drive is, is about how after doing some research on the most likely people to come into Uno's, it just doesn't make sense for them to have larger tables. So to maximize profits. I was going to say like they could almost sell it as like a plausible thing for coronavirus where like the advertisement is. Safety first, pizza second. Mm, mm. Not not by shitting on their customer base and saying that they're all lonely weirdos <laughs> who need to come. No, no, no. Alone. I think they should have made. Uh, I think they should have done what is an effective strategy, which is they should have made like right wing outrage porn, where like people would look at that, not realize it's satire, and be like, "Can you believe this? This is the America we. I can't even go to an Uno's with my family anymore." <laughs> all right, and the next one is everyone's favorite place you already alluded to them before but not with a an actual april fool's joke this is burger king mm. and this is another one where it was actually hugely successful in 1998 burger king made an announcement that they are releasing a new whopper specifically for left-handed people that's kind of funny i like that although obviously a joke there were lines out the door from people wanting to try the left-handed whopper <laughs> 
That's tight. That's tight. Um, for for its mimetic abilities, I think a good one would have been releasing the impossible whopper with bacon. I think mm. that would have really like just towed the line between people might actually think it's real and it would get people to share it. Like, haha, those morons. Like, if you kind of want to get like those free shares, but I think the left hand one's actually already pretty funny. They peaked on that one. If they wanted to get outrage culture, they should have announced that they were switching all their restaurants to Burger Queen and that the Burger King was trans. <laughs> That's and now really identified good. as she. Her. That might be your best Nathan for you bit so far. <laughs> Because then they're going to get woke people to come in, and then they do that thing where they start a thing where it's like, if you come in and you tell them on your their, your order you have to write uh, trans women aren't women, they have to put that as your name on the bag. And so then they get both the woke people and the conservatives to come in. The other thing that I wanted to say about that is that I have been to a restaurant with someone who's already been named on this podcast um, where she ordered an, an Impossible Burger with bacon on it. Uh, that's tight. Because honestly, I get it. Like, I actually really like veggie burgers a lot of the time. So doing that with like a little bit of extra meaningness on top, I'm not, a, I'm not, a, I'm not opposed. And it helps break down the stereotype that you have to be like 100% vegan just to order a, you know, vegetarian sandwich mm. at a place. How, how many statements are you making with your restaurant orders on a day-to-day basis? <laughs> Chobani? Kobani? Kobani is a city. Chobani is the yogurt from that city anglicized. So the yogurt Chobani. Uh, 2021 releases their announcement of, hey, isn't this crazy? Yogurt face masks. Yeah, that's not nearly silly enough. That feels like a real thing. That was the actual criticism of, of uh, from articles was like, yeah, this just seems like a pretty good idea. Like Trader, Trader <laughs> Joe's has or used to have like a blueberry yogurt like face mask. And it smelled like Yoplait yogurt. <laughs> Yo, shout out to Chobani, though. I know that the uh, founder of it really gives back to the city of Kobani a lot and to, like, a lot of Turkish causes. Mm. So uh, shout out to him. Uh, pretty cool. Uh, bye, Chobani. Uh, but, okay, I was going to say, uh, my my idea would be release prizes in the in the Chobani yogurt because I think the, the gut reaction of how nasty that would be to, like, get out a prize is <laughs> that you... <laughs> found in the middle of your Chobani yogurt and it's covered in yogurt and kind of slimy and had just been in your mouth is so off-putting. That's actually not a bad idea. Is instead of uh, Chobani fruit on the bottom, it's Chobani treasure on the bottom. <laughs> treasure on the bottom. <laughs> you got to dig for your prize. And it's like, what what type of thing would they have in there? Like it, it, like batteries? Everybody needs double A's sometimes. So. One man's trash, as they say. <laughs> um... All right, anything else with that one, Paul? No, that's about it. All right, three left. They're all a little bit more fun. In 2020, and um, I would like to stress that, again, the year is 2020, Playboy Romania releases a joke article. Paul, do you have a guess of what this might be about? <laughs> it's going to be like, did you know that some men are marrying men and that they're like, haha, no, no. <laughs> That's not a real thing. That doesn't happen. No, but you're, I guess you're sort of on the right track. This is Playboy Romania 2020. As an April Fool's joke, they release an article entitled How to Beat Your Wife Without Leaving Traces. What the fuck? That's clearly too dark. <laughs> it was a fully written article. It was not just a title on the, on the cover. That's so wild. Do you want to Nathan for you that one, Paul? <laughs> Thank you for using Nathan for you instead of the like previous vocabulary we had been using punching about up. punching it up. <laughs> because I don't think I should punch up that article. <laughs> um, 
You know, they went too they went too fucking insane first. Anything I say is gonna sound embarrassingly tame. Um so you said it was a uh, Playboy Romania? And this is not the last of Romania that we'll see on this on this list. Here's what you do. Uh what 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 countries does Romania beef with? The Romanians? I don't know. Former Yugoslav countries? Czechoslovakia? Okay, so th- they renamed themselves like one issue, they call it Czechoslovakian uh Playboy. And the entire like, and the entire inside of it is just filled with like p- pictures of cows and pastures. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's much more good natured, depending on whether or not any uh, of that makes sense. I guess you're calling Czechoslovakian women ugly, which I am not. This is what I think Romanians might do if they like Adrian said beef with Czechoslovakians, which I don't know if they do. But also, if it's they the do. Czech Republic. I don't know why I was calling them Czechoslovakia. Yeah, yeah, Czechoslovakia. <laughs> <laughs> we're such we're such morons. Like, I can't believe we started this by making fun of chat, and we're just like, what countries are there? I don't know geography real good. I don't know about that. What what is that like, Asia or something, <laughs> right around? <laughs> okay, last two. You know, let's let's stick with Romania, Paul. How do you feel about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They take it. Is this is is April Fool's big in Romania? <laughs> they love it there. I wouldn't be surprised if it was banned after 2020, but they love it there. Is it one of those things where they had another holiday? They just merged with it. They were like, "This is our holiday for the trickster god." Uh, there is some country that I remember looking up where like theirs happens in December or something like that. But uh, Romanian newspaper Opinia in 2000 announced that prisoners of the Baia Mare prison were being released. 60 family members made the long journey to the prison, only to be told it was a prank. (laughs) I found this and verified it with Time Magazine. That's horrible. That's one of the worst things I've ever heard. The fact Um, that it includes the idea that it's a long journey, that this is a very isolated prison that's far away, that you have to really like make the trek out to to figure out what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this was the this was the this was the prison that they were keeping Raz Al Ghul in in Batman Three. This was this was just a hole in the ground. They didn't even have guards. This is where uh, in season three of Legend of Korra, where the the white the Red Lotus are being kept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um. You know what? It seems like Romania has such a bad grasp on prisons. They're really like the Winston of the new girls of the oh, of pranks. <laughs> nations of pranks. Their humor is um, dark, man. I would. Why not get the prison in on it and get, convince the prison to do an April <laughs> Fool's prank where they actually just release all the prisoners? <laughs> it seems like something that they have no like actual basis for what's appropriate or not. So it seems like you could convince them. Um. Okay. Any way to punch that up is besides just actually release the prisoners. From this maximum security prison. <laughs> Once again, the cruelty and the bad-naturedness of it makes it so hard for me to right? say anything like, that's not going to there, There's always like a sense of like you, you feel like some of the ones that go bad, you had to have known that was going to go bad. But again, I don't know what chain of command there is at Opinia, the newspaper. But how does that decision go through like any kind of layers of editing? I guess they just really thought, oh, the audience is going to be people who are freaked out. And they didn't think, oh, the audience is also mm. going to be people who have family members in the prison. You know what, you're actually probably They forgot right, yeah. that they were thinking about the people who are going to be like, oh, no, this, you know, dangerous criminals are coming into my neighborhood. Which, sick prank also. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, from the Opinia YouTube channel, releasing prisoners in the hood. <laughs> um. Yeah, yeah, they did later have to, uh, because of the backlash, release an apology. 
yeah, not pay those families or uh, compensate them in some way. Nah. Just, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, let's go to the last one, Paul. This is from, let's, let's lighten it up a little bit. This one is from Saddam Hussein and his son's newspaper, Babel. <laughs> That yeah. true. Jesus. In 1998, they announced that Bill Clinton had lifted sanctions against Iraq. Very good prank. Turned out not to be true. In 1999, they announced that monthly food rations would include Pepsi, bananas, and chocolate. Very funny prank. The newspaper then reused both of those jokes in consecutive years in the years after because they thought they were such hum ringers. I mean, the media said a lot about Saddam Hussein, but the one thing that they never really like that never comes across in in his depictions is his sense of humor. You see those young photos of him playing volleyball and you think, oh, yeah, he was a person. He lived. He loved. He laughed. Yeah. Yeah. I think this was mostly done through his son, but uh. Pretty good joke about the U.S. lifting sanctions. I mean, I like how you've wrapped this back around to Chet Hanks real quick of having like just an absolute moron as a son <laughs> who's like as a creative outlet that they misuse in really stupid and damaging ways. But what are you going to do? They're your kids. And what I'm saying is that Chet Hanks is exactly like Saddam Hussein's child. And that's how you play Paul for you. Paul for you. Dude, that was fun. I really, those were actually pretty cool to hear about. Um, Shout out to the publications you pulled that list from. I don't know if it was one or if it was all Adrian. Uh, it was like 10 or 11. Yeah. Um, Again, another one that was pretty fun to go through. Nice. Thank you for putting that together, Adrian. I think uh, outside of my poorly delivered and not that funny jokes, they were pretty cool to hear. Hey, you know, if you guys learn anything, I guess we're doing a big facts, no cap, because I'm doing a, uh, if I learned something today, it's this uh mm -hmm. so paul if you want to do your big fact first but yeah 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 so my big fact is you know me and adrian have debated before whether or not you should stick by family or abandon them if you don't agree with them it, it's kind of hard from the media to perceive what uh tom hanks is doing with chet and it's kind of hard from uh from my never having looked into it to know how saddam hussein dealt with his child but I think, uh, you know, when it's family, you can put up with a lot and still love them. And, uh, hey, everybody, my no cap, a prank, the general rule is you and the victim should be laughing at the end of it. You know what I mean? Am I right, boys? I definitely didn't just steal that from a Reddit thread. All right. Let's wrap this up, Paul. All right. And I'm going to actually wrap it up with a question where your answer will be the final thing we say. Adrian, what is going to be the official white boy summer salutation? Is it going to be merry, happy, good, good tithings, Ooh. white boy? You know, I was actually just about to do something that is antithetical to what Chet Hanks has said is white boy summer, which I was just about to do like a big like woo. But he actually had a tweet where he said like, hey, guys, we got to stop shouting after we take shots. You know, do like a quick like a woo. But don't be like, woo! That's so true. God, he's actually so smart. Yeah, <laughs> some of his points are actually incredibly salient. Um, and so I was literally just about to break white boy summer rules um, and do that. So what should be the goodbye? I think it should be uh, um, good luck, Godspeed, and onward. Keep it popping, brother. I just came back from the store. Five-star restaurant at home. I just dumped out that whole packet. Add the powder, let it simmer. I was whipping, whipping, whipping. Should be done about 10 minutes. Hold up, I told you I'm serving that stroganoff. Hot up the oven, it's molten lava. Hey, I get some more.
me and serve you, um. Hey, I boiled the pot and I dropped the bundle with my wrist until I got that carbon tunnel. I want tacos and gelatas. I want pasta and lasagna. Boy, I got too many flavors. You might have thought it was catered. I fry them noodles like macaroni. I stay with chickens like cacciatore. Y'all just trying to talk about some people and ain't no competition in my category. Hey, keep that heat on me. I'll be in the kitchen, 350 degrees on me. Hey, all these haters salty, I'm too seasoned, homie. Dripping down, I got cheese on me.